Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, everybody. It is your Monday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. As always, it's Ian Mendes, Haley Salvian with you to kick off your week. Uh, ahead, we're going to have our, our man, our numbers man, Dom Lushishin. Did I get it right? I don't know. But maybe it was a little bit closer. Dom Lushishin. Okay, oh, we're going to go. We're gonna, you had we'll it, take. and then you lost it. Okay, that's okay. We're going to go with that. Dom's going to talk about uh, some of the player... Uh, and team value models that uh, that the, the Athletic has put together here in the last couple of weeks. We're talking about Ed, the Edmonton Oilers' struggles and Connor McDavid at uh, the podium on Saturday. Boy, he seemed despondent and just a little bit uh, a little bit lost, to be honest with you. So we're going to get into that. Um, I'd also like to chat about whether or not we'd like to see a Nickelodeon-themed broadcast come to the NHL because we saw it in the NFL, the All-Star Game, all of that. We're going to cram it in to the next 45 minutes or so. As we kick it off, Haley, what you need to know is that Dom and I are currently in Ontario in a snowstorm that is, uh, we're not exaggerating here, for our American audience, I think this will be about 18 inches of snow, somewhere in that ballpark, 16 to 20 inches of snow, 40 to 50 centimeters for you Canadian folks. Uh, Yeah, so Haley, we got nowhere to go, basically is what we're trying to tell you. Uh, Yeah, I live in Calgary, Alberta. (laughs) I'm sorry about the snowstorm you woke up to. That really sucks. <laughs> Isn't like 40 centimeters like regular for you there? It's like a Tuesday. It, it was minus 40 with the wind chill last week. I don't feel bad for you and your snowstorm. Okay, it was, it was minus 30 with the wind chill here. I know, but yeah, like this is my everyday. And my parents love, they loved because now they're in the snowstorms. So they're not talking about the weather. But my parents would love to call me, be like, oh, it's like a balmy, like plus 15 today, green Christmas. But like, I don't want to talk to you right now, mom. I'm going to hang up the phone. Don't you get like a Chinook every once in a while? Yeah, we're kind of in one right now. So it was like seven degrees yesterday, but I still don't feel bad for you. <laughs> Let's be nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got my one Chinook. We're good. Yeah. In, in this weather too, Dom is fittingly wearing his Avalanche hat, which I love. Is he's got the he's rocking his uh, his Colorado Avalanche hat. We're going to talk a little bit about the Avs uh, because they come up at the top of your uh, your model here in terms of uh, teams and the, and the value in their contracts. But b- before we get to this, I need some help here. I need a little group therapy here, okay? Because I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, 
and my favorite NFL team lost in spectacular fashion. And the theory has been floated out before, and I, I totally agree with it. And I need your help. And maybe Dom, because you know you grew up a uh, you grew up a Toronto fan, right? A Leafs fan. Are the Dallas Cowboys the Toronto Maple Leafs of the NFL? I it feels like the Leafs are the Dallas Cowboys of the NHL. I feel like it's yeah. the other way around. I feel like the Cowboys okay. have sometimes been a lot more spectacular about this. And the Leafs are certainly getting there, but I know my my good friend Rob Pozzola, uh, who is uh, I bet a lot with, and we talk about betting, and he for some reason is a Cowboys and Leafs fan. So life is no. life is hard for him. That's what you get for winning a lot of money from betting. You have to suffer watching your actual favorite teams lose in the worst possible ways. And I, I live bet Dallas as soon as they went down. And then I, when they went on that, I think touchdown drive after the pick, I doubled down on that because I'm like, this is, they're going to do this. And I really think they would have, if Dak just slid five yards earlier, it looked like they had it It looked like they had the momentum. So I, I'm sorry. And that was, that was tough to watch. I know, but it's like the Maple Leafs way to lose a game, right? Haley? Like if, if you think about, a spectacular way to lose. You think of the Toronto Maple Leafs and then you think of the Dallas Cowboys, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I guess. Like I feel like the Cowboys have doing been doing this for a lot longer than the Toronto Maple I guess the Leafs haven't won in a really long time, but I feel like in terms of just thinking about really bad first-round playoff exits, I don't know. I feel like the Leafs are going to have to keep losing in spectacular fashion for a while to get on the Cowboys level because it's been a while. Sorry, buddy. When was the oh. last time the Cowboys won anything? I mean, a long, a long time. Mm -hmm. And like this was one of their yeah. better regular seasons in recent history too, wasn't it? Everyone thought this was yeah. it. Sounds was like they in a terrible division though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's oh, tough. Yeah. My Bengals made it through. Okay, hold you're, on. You're, you're, not, you're not a Bengals you, fan. Up. You're not a Bengal. No, she's not. She's not a Bengals shut fan. Up. Don't don't get sucked into this. Whatever Aaron Rodgers fan. I guess I'll you know what, Dom? I'm sorry. I won't call you an Aaron Rodgers fan. I'll call you a Packers fan. Because Aaron's I almost am not crazy. a Packers fan after all the Aaron Rodgers stuff that came out. That was just so disheartening. I almost bought an Aaron Rodgers uh jersey at the start of the season because I I loved him and then he comes out and says all that. I'm like, you are a piece of work, sir. <laughs> okay, you know what though? I, I want to ask you one other kind of NFL NHL kind of tie-in question here. If you if you pay attention to the NFL, you know that there are like the Dallas Cowboys are not a lovable loser, right? That they're the they're very <laughs> polarizing. They're like they're like the Maple Leafs. Yeah. But the but the NFL does have a whole bunch of teams that I think collectively you kind of feel sorry for. The Cleveland Browns, the Detroit Lions, the mm -hmm. Buffalo I Bills. Feel bad for even them. Cincinnati where you're like, yeah, I, listen, you're a Patriots fan so you don't we we don't, don't experience that you feel bad for anybody. <laughs> so my my question is, in the NHL, does the NHL have a lovable loser that everybody can kind of, you know what, I kind of wouldn't mind seeing that team win because I think it might be the Florida Panthers, but maybe I'm wrong. But does the NFL, does the NHL have a lovable loser franchise like the NFL seems to have a whole bunch of them? Can we call them a lovable loser when we're, they're one of the best teams in the league right now? Yeah. I I feel like Florida is – they're too good right now. Yeah. I feel like I like watching the Ducks and I like the Red Wings. I don't know if like a lovable loser is the right term. Like I don't know if I feel – like 
I don't know if I feel bad for the Red Wings when they're like stockpiling players like Moritz Sider and Lucas Raymond, but we'll see. Like, like the Red Wings had all that success, so I don't. I feel like I wouldn't call them that either. Um, I would just go with the Sabers because I feel like at this point everyone just oh. feels so terrible for them. Yes, and they yep. have never won, and they've had those close calls. Um, I think that is probably the best example. Um, Ottawa might that. count if uh, the fan base wasn't so unhinged all the time. And <laughs> I I hope that the fans listening to this take that as the best compliment possible. You are you're sickos, and I love you for it. But you'd be more lovable if you weren't. <laughs> well, it's like Vancouver, right? Vancouver oh, yeah. hits the bill, but they're not lovable. <laughs> they're not lovable. <laughs> Vancouver fans might be yeah. more unhinged. Yeah. Sens fans are like... Fun. Like they're funny and they're weird. Oh, they're and yeah, they're they're like definitely a bunch of sickos. Like <laughs> Matt Botsy always asking if you want to go eat rotisserie chicken. Like it's truly like great mm. stuff. Like I miss Sens fans all the time. They're really funny. But yeah, I guess the Sabres is probably the best answer for that. I don't even know why I didn't think of them. I guess since the Eichel stuff ended, it was just kind of like, okay. Guys. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Bye, guys. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Buffalo Buffalo seems to to fit the bill for uh, for that. So, uh, let's talk about the Edmonton Oilers then for a second, shall we? It's a, it's a natural segue because the Oilers have really struggled uh, in the last uh, number of years. Even though they've got uh, Connor McDavid and they got Leon Draisaitl, I want for the benefit of our listeners here, I want you to listen. This is about uh, just under ninety seconds. This Connor McDavid on the podium Saturday night. Remember, the Oilers had a 3-1 lead after 40 minutes against Ottawa. Looked like they had the game completely in hand. And then Ottawa scores five times in the third period to come back and de- uh, defeat uh, Edmonton 6-4. Have a listen to Connor McDavid after the game and uh, listen to how despondent and uh, distraught the Oilers captain sounds. I'm not sure what to tell you. Um, obviously, it's been a long layoff and... Um, come in and you know work ourselves to a three-one lead and give it away. So you guys are playing with a lead, uh, which is where you want to be. Uh, what, what do you think fell out of your game? Was it just just a little bit of mental lapses there, or was it something as a group that you think just there was a lot? I wish I had an answer for you there. Um, you know we're rolling along. We get a couple chances early. We don't finish them. Um, we give up a two-on-one, and you know, and then it's uh, yeah. Connor, I know it's not the playoffs, offered losses, but when you consider, you know, where you're at, you had a ten-day break, you're two nine and two, and you're up at home, it's three to one, and then you lose to a thirtieth-place team. Is it's one of the most frustrating regular season losses you've had? It's definitely up there. Um, yeah. So I'm I'm curious, uh, and and Dom, maybe I'll start with you. When when the when the best player in the NHL, the face of the franchise, sounds so vacant and despondent, what's your what's your sort of initial reaction and takeaway from that? It feels like he knows he's on a group project where he's doing all the work, and he <laughs> still knows that the project is going to fail. And I feel like. It's a relatable feeling for some people because uh, he's doing his part. He's doing his best. It's just when you're the best player in the league and that's still not good enough, that points to what they've built around you. And I think two years ago, 
I think he and Ken Holland had a conversation and he told them that it'll take two, like give me two years and we'll, we'll figure this bad boy out. And they have made things apparently worse. Uh, at the same time, it just really feels like the Oilers have been pretty unlucky recently. Like they outplayed the senders. They just didn't get the goaltending. They couldn't score as many goals as they needed to. Uh, it's, it's tough. I do think the Oilers are a lot better than this. They can probably turn around, but they need some sort of spark that they're just not getting right now. Yeah, and I feel like when was the last time the Oilers like made a really good deadline acquisition or like won a trade? Like I think that speaks to what Dom's saying in terms of like what they built around him. Like the Milan Lucic deal was like let's get him to play with McDavid. And you've got like look at the contracts and like the different signings that the Oilers have made in the last like what five six years. I mean, I I don't know if they've won one. And Alan Mitchell, like low tide, who who does stuff for the Oilers for us, like he wrote a story about why can't the Oilers win a trade in the Connor McDavid era? And I don't. I mean, I guess that just comes down to bad GMing. You don't have enough tr- like good tradable assets to get a good piece back. I mean, last year. We all heard um, Ken Holland say, you can't go all in every year. And so, like, if you're Connor McDavid and you hear the GM of your team say that he's not going to make, like, a big move or not going to go in all every year, like, when are you going to do it? Because now it's not this year. Because now, like, the Vancouver Canucks are one point back of you. And I don't even know if they're in a wild card spot right now. Like, you have Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl in their primes. And if you want to loop in someone like Darnell Nurse, like, they've got pieces but nothing else. It's truly bizarre to watch this hockey team. <laughs> I don't get yeah, it. They have, they have the hard part figured out. They have one of the better cores in the league just by virtue of having McDavid and Dreisaitl. And even Nurse has been unreal this year after some years where his defensive game was questionable. And for Ken Holland to look at a team that has those pillars at the top and say, we're not going to trade our first round pick this year. We're not there. It's just like, what are you doing? This is Connor McDavid in his prime. If you're not selling out every year then you are failing as a GM and I remember at the time when he was hired a lot of people were skeptical because he failed as a GM with the Red Wings he does not seem fit to operate in the cap era he was incredible as the Red Wings GM when there was no salary cap and he could do whatever he wanted and the Red Wings were frequently one of the organizations with the highest cap or sorry payroll and now that there's a cap in place he just it's been like 15 years. He hasn't figured it out yet. And how many of those – and Ian and I were talking about this before we went on. Like how many of those players that were like icons for the Red Wings franchise were just like really good draft picks by a European scout? Mm-hmm. Like, was that Ken Holland being like, ooh, I've struck gold? Or was that his European scouting staff being like, look at this this little old Datsuk guy we found? Yeah, was or during Ken the – <laughs> Or during free agency, like, oh, I guess we'll sign this future Hall of Famer to add to our 150 million payroll <laughs> yeah. or whatever it was. Yeah. 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 Okay. But here's what I find really interesting. And Dom, this will serve as a, a nice little springboard for us to talk about uh, your latest collaboration with, uh, with Shayna Goldman on, uh, on The Athletic, which dropped uh, Monday morning, which, you know, last week you talked about the individual NHL player cards, which is really cool. We'll talk about that in a second. But then what you both did was you said, okay, well, now let's look at which teams, if you look at all the players and their value, well, which team is getting like kind of the most value for their dollar uh, in terms of surplus value? This is what I find fascinating is the Edmonton Oilers in your model 
are actually getting about a hundred million dollars worth of uh, value for seventy-one million dollars of payroll, meaning they're actually you know kind of out kicking the coverage here by about just under thirty million dollars. So explain to me, Dom, when you look at the Oilers, the way that they're constructed, the fact that some of the players seem to be exceeding their cap hit in terms of their value. Like, where's this going wrong here? Well, the difference is that, like, the way we measured it was their the market value is based on their projected value. So that ties in with the team having some bad luck and how players should be a little better. Even Conor McDavid, I think he's on pace for like 5.3 wins and he's projected to be worth six because right now at five on five, the Oilers aren't scoring as much as they should with McDavid on the ice. So that's something that should change. That's something the player cards, I guess, recognize. And you can see if the pace is lower than projections, that means the player is underperforming a bit. So the market value from today's article was based on the project value. So the Oilers should be around the 10th to 15th best team in the league based on the players they have. It's just they haven't played that way. And some of that is bad luck. Some of that might be bad fit. Some of that might just be that things aren't working this year. I'm not sure, but that's where it should be and not necessarily where they actually are this year. A lot of players have probably played well below what they're actually paid for. And that's the difference between looking at a team's projection and what they're playing at. Oh man, look at the flames right in the middle, right in the middle, 15th. There they are. It's where we expect them to be uh, to start the season. And it didn't look that way to start. And (laughs) of late they're, they're getting back into that range. eh? Yeah. I think a lot of it, and, you know, you never want to make excuses, but I, I feel like we don't really know the extent of how that COVID stoppage hurt them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Markstrom struggled out of it and he's yeah. like, he missed a couple games and he missed practice for an appointment. And I don't want to speculate on what it's about because he won't talk about it. But, you know, we heard from Daryl Sutter that Elias Lindholm's still feeling under the weather. And mm-hmm. Daryl has made comments like, we still have guys who are coming back from this. So I do feel like that's a bit of it. Um, it's hard. I mean, they've played. I mean, they had that hard road trip, Florida, Tampa, Carolina, and then they had a couple days off and played one game last week. <laughs> they don't play again until Tuesday. It's a really weird time for a team to be going through a tough stretch because you can't just play the next day and try to get back from it. You just kind of sit in it mm-hmm. and practice and wait for the next one. And in this case, their next one is against the Florida Panthers, who – like, are they, are they the real deal, Dom, do you think? Like, is this the best team in the league right now, or one of them? Uh, I think it's still Colorado. I think Colorado has not played with their full lineup as often as Florida has, but also Florida has dealt some injuries too. But I think it's probably between those two for sure. Uh, Florida has so much depth. It's insane. And the, the weekend where you score 16 goals or two games like that is extremely impressive. Yeah. Should we uh, talk about the Carolina Hurricanes? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Ian, we can move on from this. Yeah. Yeah. Haley, Haley has a chip on her shoulder with the, with the Hurricanes. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. 
Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. You know what? Since you're wearing the Avs hat and you mentioned that you still think the Avs might be the cream of the crop, a lot of talk around this weekend uh, about, you know, Nazem Kadri being left off of the all-star, um, you know, roster for, for Vegas, having an unbelievable season. I don't want to talk about that. We'll talk about that maybe down in, in a minute. But I, what I want to ask both of you is, like, but sorry, Ian, can I cut you off? Because I, sorry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I do think we should talk about Nazem Kadri because I don't think it, people are talking about him enough. Like mm-hmm. this guy's having an yeah. incredible season. Yeah. Like, why are we not talking about Nazem Kadri? Yeah. So, so just to just to recap, Haley cuts me off as I'm trying to talk about <laughs> Nazem Kadri. Haley cuts me <laughs> off to say, "Can we talk about Nazem Kadri?" Okay. So here's my no. question. Hold on, hold on. I was there. I was there. I feel like you're gaslighting Haley a bit. You said we were about to. Yeah. We we're going to talk about it later. Yeah. No. Yeah. You guys. Yeah. Roll the clip back. Yeah. Go back and yeah. listen to the tape. A lot of talk around this weekend about Nazem Kadri being left off of the all-star roster for, for Vegas, having an unbelievable season. I don't want to talk about that. We'll talk about that maybe down in, in a minute. Anywho, anywho, my point is, I, I was going to talk about the, we have the all-star game mm-hmm. coming up as a later discussion. My question on Kadri is he's having an unbelievable season, but what's his worth as a pending un, unrestricted free agent? Like is some team, whether it's the Avs or somebody else, Somebody going to overpay, like, how do we view Nassim Kadri is my point. This is an unbelievable season that he's having. But is this a unicorn season? Is this, like, what is, like, what is Nassim Kadri? It is, it is so hard to say because he's never done this before. And there's so much luck involved with what he's doing that it's hard to know how much is sustainable. Like, he's not a 120-point player, obviously. Uh, but is he now a point-per-game player? Is that safer to say? And it is... It's going to be a very difficult decision, especially for the Avs if they want to keep him. But, I mean, it's tough when he's on a power play with McKinnon, Ranton, and Landeskog, and Makar, and getting points there. And he's not getting the tougher matchups because that top line is. And is he? can he be a true number one center on a different team? I, I think he can, but it might be in like the Matt Duchesne range where you're not like as sure about whether he can be like the guy, but he's still, I think, capable of playing that role. It's just, it's really tough when for his entire career, he's like a 40 to 60 yeah. point center and then suddenly doubles that. But I don't know. We've, we've seen that happen before where players blossom at age 20 or 29. I think Pavelski, Marchand weren't anywhere close to this level when they were around Kadri's age. And then suddenly they became one of the best players in the league around this time. So Maybe this is him hitting his stride finally and finally figuring out his game at the NHL level, but it it's going to be a tough call for a team to make that one. Yeah, it's a sample size thing, right? Like I think Kadri's best season prior to this year was he had 61 points in like 16-17 with the Leafs, like 32 goals. 30, 30 goals, 60 points was kind of his peak and we're seeing a different one. And I think we just kind of, we have to consider it's a contract year for him too. Like there's obviously an added incentive to come out and have a big season, but like there's also, you know, probably a lot for, for these avalanche players who haven't been able to get it done for him specifically, who's been suspended in the playoffs in the past. He probably wants to come out and show that he can add more value to a team than maybe what is represent, uh, not 
than what his reputation has kind of been, which is like good center. He's probably not going to be there in the playoffs. Am I wrong? Like, I think that's what people started thinking about him because it happened so many times. So I think we just have to kind of see, is this a flash in the pan for Nazem Kadri, or is this what we could expect in the next couple of years? And that's probably what teams this offseason are going to be thinking. Kadri's mm-hmm. camp is going to have a ton of leverage to ask for a lot. But I think other teams are going to come to the table with like, look at your sample size over the like 11, 12 years you've been in the National Hockey League. Um, but like, I still think we're allowed to give credit where credit's due. Like, he's having an incredible season mm-hmm. in terms of long term analysis. It's hard to know at this current moment. But it's been yeah. great to watch because he's scoring some great goals on his own, too. Like, he's on the power play with some great players, but like that shootout goal he scored the other day, like he's. He's showing off his skill this season. Um, maybe more. And maybe it's because he's on the Avs. I don't know if I don't know if I'm noticing it more. Maybe I just kind of forgot about everything. I don't know. Seems like he's been showing off his hands a lot this year, which is impressive. Yeah, and I think you're right. Like I think for his true value, he's got to get through a Stanley Cup playoff without being suspended. Show that he can get through a couple of rounds of the playoffs not get a suspension for doing something dumb. And right. Like that, that was the knock on him in Toronto is that he just couldn't get it done. And we've seen it happen again in, in Colorado. That was the final nail in the coffin in Toronto, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I, but I think if he can get through the Stanley cup playoffs without one of those boneheaded type of uh, decisions, plus be productive. Now I think come the middle of July or whenever free agency opens up this year, now you're looking at, okay, now you're saying I'm a legitimate top end center and I've got some playoff success and maybe he can parlay that into a, into a long-term deal. Right. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. Hey, I want to ask both of you about, um, we got a bunch of matinee games on the docket on, uh, on Monday with it being Martin Luther King day in the United States. And the one game that jumped out, I, I had to laugh when ESPN put out the press release on Monday morning, make sure you catch the Habs and the coyotes on ESPN plus. Uh, I'm not sure how many people are tuning in for that down uh, to down or to uh, to stream that game. Is there a intri- you know sometimes when like two basement dwelling teams face each other, there's this weird draw into the game. Where you're like, I kind of want to see like it's so weird, like it's weirdly fascinating. Are we feeling that about Habs and Coyotes or no? I'm I not. am. Uh, oh. <laughs> I have a massive bet on the Coyotes, so oh. I'll be tuning in excitedly. Watch my right. the second Coyotes game in a week. Oh man, just can't get enough of those Coyotes. I don't care. Well, yeah, you're you're normal. Yeah, <laughs> it's also really busy, like with Olympic prep and stuff. So it's like, am I gonna watch these two basement dwelling teams like battle it out for people like Dom to try to make funny bets on, or am I gonna, you know, try funny to figure about out my bets? My bets are they're a money printer. I know. I can see your view. Uh, <laughs> I'm a money printer. You're such an ass. <laughs> I guess they everyone are. else there's, can attest to that. Yeah, everyone there's, who there's There's a graph subscribes. on the betting guide. It goes burr. And I, I remember telling Haley about this last year. I'm like, got to get on the betting. She's like, I don't know how. You have to do it for me. I'm you like, didn't help you. me enough. You sent me this spreadsheet and you were like, just that, put this, the this, stuff this, in. And I was like, I don't this, get it. The spreadsheet <laughs> is so simple. I'm just, I'm not the smartest. But but Dom, what you're saying is in that in that game, Nobody. no one defended her. Yeah, <laughs> just like okay, we're gonna skirt over that and move on to the next segment on the show. Jesus Christ! 
Edit that out, Chris. Producer Chris, help me. Edit that out. No, no we're not editing that out. No, he can't edit that out. (laughs) Can't edit that out. And also, I like the fact that Haley just dropped in, like it was the ultimate kind of little humble brag. You know, I'm swamped with Olympic coverage and Olympic For the athletic. Just dropping it in there. Yeah. For the athletic. By the way, so our listeners know, congratulations on being part of the studio team for CBC coming up for the... uh, the, uh, the Olympic tournament, so our, our listeners will get a chance to catch you on television coming up. That's pretty cool. That's really exciting. I'm going to clip all your blooper faces. Oh, God. Yeah. Please don't. I already have so I'm many. Sorry. <laughs> I'm no, so sorry. Because I make stupid faces sometimes. Sometimes I have to check myself. Like, my first year at The Athletic, I did a freelance piece and ended up doing um, primetime sports with Bob McCowan when he was still on air. And that's like a national simulcast. And I made probably one of the stupidest faces I've ever could have made on national television. It was just like a really dumb smile. And I'm never going to live it down. So nobody has to watch. You really well, don't have to. Don't no, think about kidding. that when you're on TV. You're going to be amazing. We all believe in you. It's just my Aww. thing to make fun of you sometimes. That's what besties do. That's fine. I think so. I agree. It's good. I just love how Ian went from skirting over me saying I'm stupid to saying I was doing a humble brag to being like, by the way, actually, congratulations. I have a little bit of whiplash. I'm not sure what to say. (laughs) I'm overwhelmed. This is how we treat each other. Yeah. It's 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 the full range of emotions. I threw you under the bus yesterday to Arthur Staple and I didn't tag you. So it was really funny. (laughs) Which one of you? Which one of us? Who? Me? Oh, Ian. Because Arthur, oh, okay. when the Cowboys lost, it was Arthur Staple, who does a great job covering the Rangers now for the Athletic, uh, tweeted like, and now all the Canadian hockey media are like weeping. And I said, just Mendez. But I didn't tag Ian. <laughs> well, LeBron yeah, also loves the Cowboys. Ooh, ooh. LeBron, yeah, Chris Johnson. Well, that's what makes it funny. Yeah. Everybody, like so many, like, national hockey media members love the Cowboys. And I was like, they can't admit they're Leaf fans. (laughs) (laughs) It's the closest thing we can do. Yeah, exactly. Moving on. (laughs) Yeah. You know what, Dom, if you don't mind sticking around here, we got, I got a couple of, I I would love to pick your brain on these when we do some little kind of multiple choice questions. Cause I think these are fun ones that I want to get both of your opinions on this. Okay. I want to ask both of you this question. Because yesterday, I don't know. First of all, did either of you tune in? In Canada, they actually showed on TSN the Nickelodeon feed of the Dallas Cowboys San Francisco game, meaning it was kind of a a broadcast geared to kids. There was like the fake slime that you would expect to get on Nickelodeon, bunch of animation. Did either of you even for a series or two switch over and watch like just out of curiosity? I wonder what this Nickelodeon broadcast is. I didn't know it, it was rocks. on TSN. It rocks and I would have. I just didn't know it was on TSN. I remember last year I had to find a stream for it and it was just like behind and delayed, but I thought it was hilarious. So I'm all for a Nickelodeon I love stream. It. I think it's awesome. Okay. So I have a feeling I know what your, your answer is going to be to this question then. My question is, would you like to see the NHL? Adopt a Nickelodeon yes. themed yes. broadcast. Yes, yes or yes. no? Don't. Hundred percent. Yes, yes. Sorry, can you repeat? Your, can you repeat that? Yeah, I'm yes. not sure. I, I there's a clear answer there. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think it rocks. I think other sport, it makes me envious. I actually get like a little grumpy. Like I love football. I get grumpy sometimes watching the things that the NFL or other sports leagues do and get to do. There was a sequence, and this is kind of an aside from the Nickelodeon game. There's that sequence at the end of the game where Tony Romo is basically just working through live, like on air, the the things that the Cowboys would need to do to get the ball back, how much time they would have to be able to make a, like a play drive. Like someone said, like, Tony, is it still possible? And like listening to Tony Romo, like run through those scenarios live on the air in his head, like just the way his mind works, the way a quarterback's mind works, the way he can work through all of that on national TV. I just find that level of analysis so impressive. And I have those moments sometimes where it's just like, we don't always get that in hockey. Like we don't get the fun Nickelodeon. We don't get the like incredible, like, holy crap, did Tony Romo just predict everything that's going to happen in this football game moments? I don't know. I think the NFL has found ways to make their broadcast really good. Like the Manning cast is fun. And like there's just been a lot of things that have been good about these NFL broadcasts this year. Having Rob Gronkowski just like chirping (laughs) Peyton Manning on national TV while the game's going on. It's just like it's fun. It's good. It's fun stuff. But yeah, Nickelodeon rocks. I think that'd be hilarious. Get get me get me more SpongeBob in the National Hockey League or whatever. Yeah. Slime. So lots of goo. Uh, yeah like the slime like okay so but here's the thing (laughs) i'm i'm agreeing with you i actually think it's great but i don't know that i could watch like i didn't switch over because it was my favorite team the dallas cowboys playing here's my question if your favorite team was playing in a playoff game would you watch the nickelodeon feed of that game like i wouldn't want to see dak prescott sliding with five seconds left in the game and as the game's about to end all of a sudden there's slime on the screen and that's how it ends like i i don't know that i can handle my question would you watch your favorite team playing in a playoff game on the nickelodeon theme on, on the nickelodeon feed well yeah watching my favorite team has been painful before i think adding some slime to the mix yeah wouldn't that be fun worse. it can't get any worse than the usual yeah don't you want SpongeBob to pop up and tell you it's all going to be okay? Yeah, it's comforting. Or is that just like our age showing? Because like you well, did down with Squidward and Patrick and, and the gang, I, <laughs> you know. But I, I don't know that. Like, if it's a crucial game, I don't know that I could handle it. But I love the idea. I just don't know I could do it for my favorite team. That's all. Boo. That's fair. We That's like fair. it. I, I honestly probably wouldn't either, but. If they were like, if they were like losing, I think it's two extremes. If they were losing and I needed something to change the the mood and rally, I'll just put the SpongeBob mode on. Or if they were like yeah. dunking on the team, it was like five nothing, and I want to see the other goalie like get slimed, then I'd want to watch the SpongeBob feed as well. And I'm just gonna call it the SpongeBob feed instead of Nickelodeon because I just yeah, I just feel like that's what, what it should on be Nickelodeon these days. Yeah, it's freaking SpongeBob. But yeah, you guys are right. Like it's time to do some different things with broadcasts in the NHL and. And and just think outside the box. And I, I don't know, like, if a Manning cast would, like, I don't even know, like, who would be the NHL's version of the people you could hang with to watch a Manning. Like, has is there anyone in the hockey world that you'd be okay? Like, I actually always loved dealing with Martin Brodeur. And I actually always thought Marty had a really good view of the game and was really funny and even, or Roberto Luongo would be another guy, mm. very kind of sarcastically funny. Like I think those guys would be pretty good to be like the yeah. the Mannings. Maybe you need a goalie. You need a goalie. 
Yeah, I would love to see his Twitter, like how many people were like running to his Twitter account after Kodak Black happened. (laughs) How many people were just refreshing the like Strombone account on Twitter? Anyways, we don't have to talk about this. There's kids listening. They're talking about Nickelodeon. This This isn't the Nickelodeon feed anymore. You know, okay, I got another multiple choice question for you both. answered that you absolutely would be on board with a Nickelodeon feed. So let me circle back to the uh, the original kind of Nazem Kadri-themed question I had for you because Nazem Kadri was uh, kind of the center of a, a fierce debate. Yeah, Brad Marchand to some extent too, where they were omitted from the All-Star Game lineup and a lot of people are saying it's kind of reopened the debate of whether or not every team should have a representative at the All-Star Game or it should just be the best player. So here's my question. Should every team in the NHL have a representative at the All-Star Game? Your options are A, yes, it's a way to ensure that every market has a vested interest in the game, or B, no. Please, just pick the best players, the players have the best season, and let them go. Haley, what do you think? Yeah, I, I've i kind of waffled on this, and I think Jackie Redman actually made a great point on NHL Network about this. She's like, Kadri, I get it, you're having a great year, but like, all-Star Games kind of for the fans. So just like admitting an, an entire fan base so one team can have more representatives, like, eh, probably not the best thing. Um, but I don't know. Like, I think it depends on if we're looking at the All-Star Game as something for the players to say they could go and do it or if we're looking at it as a fan event so fans can go and see their team represented at the All-Star Game. I, It's hard because, like, you see players who are – like Nazem Kadri who are having great seasons and they're not technically an All-Star because the league wants to send – like, who's the Sabres guy? Jeff Skinner is like okay. Uh, I know. Like, I think it. I think it's. Um, uh, is it not Rasmus Dahlin? Probably. Right. Right. Like you know yeah. what I mean. Though it's just like okay. So are we not getting like one of the players who's having the season of his career at the All Star Game so we can have somebody else there? I don't know. I don't know how I feel. I waffle on it. I I think they should nix this whole every team should have a representative. I remember when Zemgus Gergensen's made the All Star Games. Just it makes it a farce. And I feel like it makes the game even more meaningless than it already is. If you're a player and you know that the rosters are mostly random, then who cares if you go or not? But like in the NBA, where it actually sort of means something, where you're actually viewed as one of the best in the game this season, then there might be more incentive to actually care about the game. And I think that creates a better fan experience. Right now, it's just a game with some guys. I feel like they do a really bad job marketing their talent. And maybe their idea is let's market one guy from every team, but there's just sometimes those guys like they're, they're known in their fan base and their community, their circles that on a national stage, I think you should market the players actually having the best seasons. And if they're there every year at the all-star game, then they get more name recognition and more recognizable across the league. And I think, the NHL needs to do a better job of marketing from a national perspective rather than a local perspective, which is what I think the current All-Star Game format goes toward. Yeah, I actually love that, and I agree. Um, because I think when we talk about, like, even just the previous conversation, like, what the NHL doesn't maybe do as well as, like, the NFL or the NBA, like, they don't market their stars well. I think that's been something we've probably talked about with this league for a really long time. And the All-Star Game is not the only way to do that, but it can be a pretty big one. 
Like, how long did we call, like, certain guys underrated just because, like, we weren't watching? Like, how long were we going to call Barkov underrated just because (laughs) we, like, we didn't see him because he was in Florida and it was a local product and we're not talking about him or showcasing him on a national level, I feel like. Yeah, because there's so many Blackhawks games happening. Yeah, I mean, and I think that's a bad example because I don't think that we can call him underrated anymore, even though we still do. Um, But I think, yeah, I I agree with you, Dom. I think the league needs to do a better job at marketing the real stars of the game. And I think that can that can start with with having a proper all star game with the best players in the world. It's funny, though, because I think a a couple of things here. First of all, when I think of all stars, I always think about the end of season all star team like the first team and second team all-stars, right? Like to me, that's the real kind of all-star team. But I think it's funny. Where do you guys come down? Like Nate McKinnon last week was pretty critical saying like this, basically said it's a joke that Nazem Kadri's not going, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I know I, I love it too. And anytime we get players speaking out, I'm all for it. Whether or not I agree with them, I don't care. Like I'm like, just be opinionated, be outspoken, be yourself, authentic, all that. But I think it's funny, too, because we've also seen the flip side where, like, star players have gotten to the point where they just skip the All-Star game altogether, right? They're like, ah, screw it. I'll take the one game suspension the regular season. And so I find it this fascinating dynamic where, on one hand, you see players stepping up and saying, you know, we need the best players there. And then we've also seen Sid and Ovi and other guys just tap out on the All-Star game, too. They know it doesn't mean anything, right? And if the best players actually ended up going, then that's something to actually put on your resume, like 10 straight all-star game appearances would mean something rather than, well, there was no one else on this team and I was the guy. Yeah. Yeah. I I think so too. Like, I I think I tend to agree with you. Like you want the best players there. If you truly want to sell the game, then put the whatever 30 best skaters or having the best seasons and the most talented players, get them out there and showcase them. Right. Like, I think that that's the solution here. Cause when we're talking about growing the game, like, that's about getting new eyeballs on it, right? And you're not mm-hmm. going to do yeah. that by just having a bunch of guys. You're going to do that by having the guys. Yeah. Like when we're I, talking about growth, we're not talking about making fans happy from all 31 markets. We're talking about getting new fans in the NHL. And I think that's what this league has been bad at. Yeah. And I think the other thing they can do is yeah. they have the skills competition where if there's a team without a guy at the game, bring him in to the skills competition. like. No one on the Islanders is worthy of going to the All-Star game this year, probably. But bring Mar- Matt Barzell to the fastest skater and you're fine. Or Ryan Pulak to the hardest shot competition. Or both. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with you. The NBA has different guys and skills, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You, like the, a guy like a in a dunk contest yeah. doesn't necessarily play in the mm-hmm. All-Star game. Usually they exactly. don't. Yeah. Let's start taking yeah. notes from what the other leagues are doing. That's what the exactly. NHL should be doing, but they're just not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what one last multiple choice question for us to uh, to to tackle before we wrap up this pod? Uh, St. Louis Blues are retiring Chris Pronger's jersey tonight. So here's my question: You could pick one defenseman from the 2000s, okay? So from the year 2000 onwards to win a game seven for you. Who are you going with? A. Chris Pronger. B. Nicholas Lidstrom. C. Zdeno Chara. D, Duncan Keith, or E, somebody else. So you want to go Drew Doughty, you want to go Carlson, you want to go Kale McCart, like wh- whatever you want to do, go for it. But you get one game, 
You get to take the defenseman at his absolute peak in this window from the year 2000 onwards. Who you got? Pronger, Lidstrom, Chara, Keith, somebody else. Dom. Wow, you made this easy. Lidstrom. Easy. Yeah. No contest. As soon as you said Lidstrom, I'm like, I don't even need to hear the other names. And then I heard Duncan Keith. I'm like, ah! <laughs> Hey, he's it's a Lidstrom. top 100 player in the history of the NHL. I mean, he Sorry, might, no. he was honestly right. unreal yeah. during that era for sure. Um, yeah. I don't want to slander Duncan Keith because he was definitely one of the best defensemen of the 2000s. It's just, it's Nicholas Lidstrom, right? You can't, you can't go yeah. wrong with, with Lidstrom. Haley, you going Nick Lidstrom? Yeah, like my first reaction when I saw this on the rundown when you said it, it's just like, well, yeah, it's Nick Lidstrom. It might just be because the Jersey retirement, like I thought about Chris Pronger for a second. Like he won the Hart Trophy. He went to three cup finals. He won a cup. Um, triple gold club. Like he won two gold medals. So I think he's got the pedigree and, and the resume. But he was also, you know, one of the most suspended players <laughs> in the league. Not to stomp on Chris Pronger on his Jersey retirement day, but I just don't know how you pick anyone over Nick Lidstrom. Mm-hmm. Like, he was just so good, and he had the ability to play, like, every game, too. Like, he was, I don't know, four Stanley Cups? What, how, how many, how many, nor- oh, there's Bono. Sorry. Where? <laughs> um, Bono came to chat about Nick Lidstrom. He walked by anyways. Uh, we don't see him. He's oh, there he down. Is. There's his little ears. Yeah. Boop. He's uh. laying down. Anyways, uh, Nick Lidstrom. <laughs> yeah. Seven Norris trophies crazy yeah the the one thing though on on like you said on pronger is he has a heart trophy but he also went to the finals with three different teams where he was kind of the why a lot of those teams got to the finals philly in 2010 edmonton in 06 anaheim in 07 like to be able to go to different teams and do like i'm not saying like i I think if lidstrom went elsewhere he's going to be just as good but i want like like we know that with pronger right like that I, I don't know. There's a part of me that mm-hmm. just playoff time and Chris yeah. Pronger, boy, I don't know. Like, yeah, like Chris Pronger, like you're not going to, like if you, it's quite the consolation prize. Like if, if you don't get Nick Lidstrom, you yeah. get Chris Pronger. Like he is an incredible, an incredibly skilled defender. I just don't know why. I don't know what it is. I don't know. It, you just see the list and you just, I don't know feels like you can't say it feels like a sin to not choose Nick Lidstrom. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. No, there's no real wrong answer there. I mean, they're all they're all Hall of Fame defensemen. They all won Stanley Cups, Cups so. and, and stuff like that. I just thought it'd be a fun debate. All right. Do you think anyone would pick Drew Doughty? <laughs> Sorry, I'm on a delay, but no, Is Drew but, Doughty mentioned? No, I, I yeah. said I threw him in in like the mm. kind of hey. Oh, Doughty Carlson, yeah. Okay. Doughty, Carlson. You know what we're going to do, though? We're going to take this segment, we're going to send it to Drew Doughty, and then he'll use it as a chip on his shoulder. Do not. uh, I I didn't say anything wrong. Do not. I didn't say I wouldn't choose Drew Doughty. If you're listening, you're having a great season, buddy. Good job out there. Yeah. There we go. All right. Hey. Good for you. We got to wrap up the pod here. But before we do, uh, quick opportunity for both of you. You got anything uh, that you want to kind of... um, uh, highlight about what you might be coming, uh, what might be coming out uh, on the print side from the two of you. Like anything that you've written, either just dropped on the athletic or coming up this week that uh, that either of you want to highlight. No. Uh... <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, Haley. Nope, I got nothing. I got a uh, 640 player cards. You can 
go through. Um, yeah, that's about it. <laughs> awesome. Hey, listen, Dom. Thanks for this. This was uh, this was a ton of fun uh, having you drop by this uh, this podcast. Hope you. Uh, well, you're lucky. You live in a you're in a condo, right? So you don't have to yeah. shovel. Am I right on that? Shoveling? No, I'm gonna I'm going to the dog park and I'm gonna watch Ruby run through the snow, run amok. Nice. Yeah, this is a great day to be a dog. Like just yeah. in the snow. Oh, she's, she's gonna love snow. this. She's a yeah. winter dog. It's her dream. Amazing. All right, we'll leave it there. Uh, Haley, you and I will do this again uh, next Monday. So enjoy uh, enjoy your week, and uh, and we'll get you next week, Haley. See ya. All righty. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this latest edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. We certainly appreciate that. Make sure you drop into the comments there, because you know what? Gentilly and, and Custance, they, they dominate that, that, that uh, comment section. So just drop in there and say some, say some nice things. And a reminder, subscribe to the Athletic Audio Plus on Apple Podcasts. You'll get all the bonus content from our entire library. Start with a 30-day free trial. Then it's just 99 cents a month. After that, right now, annual subscriptions to The Athletic. They're available to you for just $3.99 a month when you visit theathletic.com slash 